Hello and welcome to Quarter Time Podcast. I'm Lucy G. And I'm Lucy P. And we're here to bring you all the netball goodness you never knew you needed. Hello everyone and a big welcome to episode 15. It just feels crazy that we are well and truly racing towards the finish line of the Vitality Netball Super League season with just three weekends of the regular season left before we hit the finals. We have seen an incredible, get this, 176 matches so far in what has been a truly amazing year of netball. And of course, yesterday we heard the news that fans are going to be allowed back into the copper box for the rest of the season, which is incredible. And what a treat for us. So Lucy P, what have we got coming up on the show today? So today's episode is a little bit shorter than usual, as we've got another mega bonus episode coming up for you soon, following our trip to the Leeds Rhinos inaugural event this week. So stay tuned for the release of that. On this episode, we'll be whizzing through our three-word summaries from round 16 and, as usual, highlighting our games of the round and players of the round. Today's talking point is a big one. Mm. We'll be discussing Tamsin Greenway's recent tweet about honesty and criticism within our game. Great stuff. So let's jump in with our three-word summaries from round 16 of the Vitality Netball Super League. First up was Stars versus Rhinos, and I've gone for Annihilation on Court. (laughs) Brutal. A slow start from Stars dearly cost them in this game, and they went down by 10 in the first quarter break. Rhinos have well and truly bounced back after a heavy defeat to Team Bath and are now back in the driving seat and smothering teams left, right and Chelsea. Stars struggled throughout the entire game and Melissa Bessel was actually really honest in the post-match interview saying that this season has been one of the hardest of her coaching career. Mm. Next up, we had Bath versus Storm. And for this one, I said, like a boss. <laughs> Storm were able to shave a few goals off the deficit from their last clash with Team Bath, but this Bath side are not messing around this season and took a cushy 16-goal win. They are now guaranteed a spot in the top four at the end of the season in a few weeks' time, which is a pretty sweet situation for Anna Stembridge and her squad of Roses. Storm showed signs of improvement, but still with much more work to be done for this young side. Next up, or oh, this was a cracker, it was Wasp versus Sirens, and I've gone for the big guns. <laughs> this was a huge game in the context of the season, impacting all five teams vying for third and fourth position on the ladder. This win was so well-deserved, and Sirens finally managed to take the scalp of a traditionally top-four team that they've been hoping for all season. Next up, we had Thunder versus Mavs, and for this one... I said, find your structure. Mm -hmm. This was a disappointing show from Mavs, as yet again, they unfortunately under-delivered. It was always going to be a tough game against the reigning champs, but their lack of consistency and patience to work the ball meant it was a relatively easy win for Thunder in the end. Thunder looked cool, calm and collected, and just got the job done, basically, with only six unforced errors in the entire game. First up on Monday, we had Wasps versus Thunder, and I've gone for playing for survival. Mm. This was a big one. <laughs> this was another critical game for Wasps following on from their loss to Sirens the day before, but Thunder weren't having any of it. <laughs> a huge shout out has to go to Hannah Layton, though, for what was an incredible performance filling in for the injured Josie Huckle. 
our last game of the round was Pulse versus Lightning. And for this one, we said, oh, so close. <laughs> I was hopeful that this might be a bit of an unpredictable game. And I did wonder whether Pulse would be able to scalp Lightning as they did have a big out in terms of Alice Harvey and Hannah Joseph being injured. And Pulse did a pretty good job with this one. They did manage to stay within touching distance for most of the game, but again, it was their unforced errors that let them down with a massive 19 compared to Lightning's 8. Yikes. <laughs> Moving on to our game of the round. So, Luce, which one have you picked this week? Oh, man, there's no choice for me other than Wasps versus Sirens. This was huge. They finally did it. Mm. They finally took that traditionally top four team after coming so close on a number of occasions. And, mate, you just love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually a really interesting game. I'd say quite a defence-heavy one. Huckle was solid as ever in the back for Wasps, helping them to secure an early lead. And you could see the huge physical pressure that she was putting on Emma Barry. We say this quite a lot. And of course, we know that she's only 17, which is outrageous. It makes me feel like a granny. <laughs> but she is quite easily outmuscled. And it meant that McCall was basically a one-man band trying to play goal attack and goal shooter mm. because Barry just could not shake off Huckle at all. I think the Sirens midcourt were just exceptional. Abernethy, Dix and Cullen were all outstanding and did an absolute truckload of work in transition. And I, I think Dix and Abernethy in particular have built this really fluid, almost like a magnetic relationship mm. where they work really smartly in relation to one another when it comes to finding space and knowing when to take that drive. The turning point in the match for me was when Iona Christian went down with the ankle injury in the third quarter, um, which was absolutely gutting to see. She is pivotal in that Wasps attacking end. And I think although they did a great job to keep it tight and contested, it was kind of the beginning of the end for Wasps in this match. There's still this issue with the goal attack position for Wasps. And I don't think that either Harris or Allison were quite the right answer for what's missing. So I think with that and with Christian being down, it was always going to be a really tough ask for them to get the win. But mm. not to take anything away from Sirens, they were brilliant. I think everyone watching this was just willing for Sirens to win. Like, mm. no disrespect, Wasps, obviously, they did a great job, put out a really solid performance. But Sirens have been so close all season, yeah. and everyone's been saying it. Sarah Bayman said she felt lucky that Lightning had got away with it and managed <laughs> to beat Sirens both times. But actually, you really felt like they deserved this win. And I think that the amazing defensive pressure, slick midcourt, sharp shooting, it all just really came together for them on this occasion and I'm really excited to see what they can put out next year with some more consistent performances like this one yeah 100% and if they can keep the likes of Vincumbo in the squad as well mm. oh mate it's going to be great things for them so who have you gone for Luce? So I've also gone for the Wasps game but this time it was their matchup with Thunder mm. and I just thought this was a huge game in the context of the season and a lot of eyes were on this matchup considering Wasps' loss to Sirens the day before. Yeah. And we know that these two sides are traditionally well matched. They obviously met in the grand final in 2019 and it was always going to be quite a tough ask for Wasps with two of their starters missing in Iona Christian and also Josie Huckle who was out injured as well. Mm. 
So it was a very close game and you just felt that the desperation of Wasps to stay within reach of the top four really carried them through the first quarters and it was actually level at half time, which was fantastic. Mm. Rachel Dunn was in fine form. It was a vintage Rachel Dunn performance from her. 30 from 31 at 96%. But unfortunately, she wasn't getting enough service. And there was this real sticky patch getting the ball over the transverse line. And I think it is to do with that connection. Obviously, they were missing Iona Christian, who's so key for them, like you mentioned. And it just felt that although the introduction of Allison really helped in the second quarter, it didn't really do enough for them once Thunder started to figure them out. Mm. There were just so many swings of momentum in this one, which were really great to watch. And it was basically everything that you want (laughs) from a game like this. So much drama. There was a belief right up till the final few minutes that Wasps could maybe just nab it right at the end. Um, And as we said in the summary, an absolute shout out has got to go to Hannah Layton. She was outstanding against Mvula. Yeah, she was just incredible. And her hang time on the vertical jump is just something else. She's like Michael Jordan style. I couldn't believe it. And she picked up four deflections and three turnovers, which is a cracking outing considering the limited court time she's had this season. So very excited to hopefully see more of her next year. But with this game, Thunder pretty much secured a top four position, which is exactly where we would expect them to be. I think they have met expectations for the majority of this season. I wouldn't say they've exceeded, Mm. but I think there's still more for them to give. And unfortunately, it was the inconsistency from Wasps and just that lack of finesse that means that they could potentially miss out and they're relying on other results to go in their favour. Yeah, 100%. But but this is... No disrespect to Wasp, but this is exactly what we want. We want those spots for the top four to be really highly contested mm. and to to not know who's going to get them. Like we don't want it to be a predictable. Oh, such and such are going to make it into the top four. Like we want that excitement, and that is exactly what this season is is delivering now. So yeah, next rounds are going to be interesting. Definitely. So moving on to our players of the round, I have gone for the legend that is Joyce Mvula. I mean, what can you say about Joyce? Like she is just so good and she's probably one of the most consistent campaigners to Thunder in that goal shooter bib. She is just so solid and so reliable. And genuinely, I actually can't remember her having a bad game. (laughs) Like it just doesn't seem to happen. You know, she played against... Uh, Jodie Gibson and Hannah Layton and bear in mind Jodie had an outstanding game and in fairness actually so did Hannah but she was still just so available so strong so solid and was is absolutely pivotal for Thunder her split when she takes the ball in the air is just the stuff of dreams her legs must be so strong it's outrageous and yeah she she's just one of the most consistent performers in the entire league for sure love her She's just so clever as well with her movement and her split and everything. And I'm actually surprised that it's been this many weeks and we haven't had her as our player of the round. But I think that's just because we expect so much from her and we know how consistent she is and how much she can produce that every week is just an outstanding performance, but we take it for granted. 
And to keep hold of the starting goal shooter bib for Thunder when you've got Ellie Cardwell in the mix, mm. you know, effectively pushing Ellie Cardwell out to her secondary position in goal attack, I think you could say, yeah. you know, that is a no mean feat in itself. And she has just owned it this entire season. And yeah, another cracking doubleheader weekend from her. Yeah, she actually reminds me of Serena Guthrie in that sense, in that every performance is so great mm. that you take it for granted. And unless she does something that's completely like wild and outrageous, that means it's a standout performance. You just, yeah, you just take it for granted because she is so consistent. Mm, definitely. Who have you gone for, Luce? So I've gone for Jodie Gibson. Nice. And obviously she was matching up against Mavula in the Thunder Mavs game. And I was loving her at goalkeeper this week. Mm. I mean, we know that she's not the tallest defender, but wowzer, she can jump. <laughs> she was getting up in there. I was loving it. She had an incredible game against Mavula, picking up one rebound, two intercepts, eight deflections and four turnovers. Wow. I mean, those are some <laughs> Layla Gusgoth stats right there, right? I just can't with her. Jodie has had an incredible season and I think it's just made even more special by her comeback from injury and just the journey that she's been on as well. She is an indispensable defender for Mavs and to be honest, she was working her little socks off to try and keep them in their game so yeah hats off to her I just love watching her I love her tenacity and the fact that she just never gives up I think if I was a defender I would definitely want to be like Jodie Gibson when I grow up I want to be like (laughs) Jodie Gibson (laughs) I actually do she's incredible she's just so good yeah she is a total babe and I I don't really know what to expect with her and goalkeeper but I actually I'm borderline prefer her in goalkeeper than I do in goal defence almost like I would certainly love to see her in goalkeeper again or maybe Quashy out in goal defence let's let's go wild let's mix it up I mean why not they've been putting Kadeen back at goalkeeper so why not let's mix it up let's do it love it moving on to our talking point this week this is a cracker and massive thank you to Tamsin Greenway our uh, first ever quarter time guest (laughs) for releasing a really interesting and thought-provoking tweet. So for those of you who haven't seen it, she retweeted an article by Ben Bloom all around the treatment of women's sport and should we be criticising women's sport more than what we currently do? And the question that she asked is, so do we want brutal honesty and criticism in our sport or do we prefer a celebration of the sport, the process and the learnings regardless of the results? And social media really blew up on this one and we thought we'd give our pennies worth on this (laughs) podcast. So Luz, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's a really interesting one and I definitely think that there has to be accountability and in women's sport in general sometimes we're a bit happy just to be there Mm. and actually that can take away from the incredible performances that we see because everyone's just celebrating and it's all I think someone described it as it's all a bunch of roses or something like that and in reality it's not like that and we want to be treated as equal to men we don't want to be seen as this sort of subsection which is just very much like patting on the back oh you did a very good job didn't you so I definitely think that not celebrating mediocrity is really important because it devalues the actual great performances that we see every week. And when we spoke to Stacey Francis, she said that netball really does have quite a squeaky clean image. Mm. And I think that still rings so true. 
And there's lots of traditional values in netball and that this means that netball generally is quite conservative. Mm. And some people would argue that that's actually what sets netball apart, that that's something that's unique. Like we don't want to be getting down and dirty with other sports. We want to be keeping that image, keeping our netballers as, you know, the prized princesses that they are and not being open to criticize them. But I actually disagree with that. I think that it pays more respect to an athlete to give them the straight and narrow of what they did wrong and what they didn't do well. And it's not pro- it's not personal, it's professional to do that. And mm. I think that having those honest conversations would really help us to break away from the schoolgirl sport perception, which I definitely think is still hanging over netball, even to this day, although things have improved. Yeah, 100%. And I, I think that is the only way that we are going to move into that sort of fully professionalised era. Like we are sort of on the precipice, but we do, like we're even guilty of it on the podcast. I fully hold my hands up. I mm. I am concerned about, you know, not wanting to demoralise players if they do listen to it or coaches if they listen to the pod by saying that they did, you know, a terrible job one day, even if that's the truth. But I think there's that fine line that we need to find between being honest and being uh, constructively critical of performances, but also being respectful. Like you say, we don't want to be down in the dirt with some of the other sports and we don't want to be abusive to our players and to our league Mm. um, by saying that it's a load of rubbish, this, that and the other. But we do need to highlight where people are performing under par. But I think the other thing that we need to note is that we are not a fully professionalised sport in terms of paying our athletes, in terms of the the training environments that they have. So we have to be mindful of not asking too much of them and being too critical of them mm. and expecting better and better and better performances if we're not allowing them to actually train as full-time professional athletes. There has to be a, a level of understanding and compromise there. Um, otherwise, it's just not fair. But that there is that middle ground that we absolutely have to strike. And I think as well, the the lack of transparency that our sport has attributes to this problem. You know, everything it is like this schoolgirl squeaky clean thing, like you say, big the big stuff is brushed under the carpet, mm-hmm. like the the West Coast Fever salary cap scandal. There was hardly any blow up from that at all, really, compared Mm. to some other sports. And there's, we still didn't even know who was accountable for it. And there's so much that we need to be talking about and discussing as a sport in order for for people to take us seriously, in order for ourselves to take our sport seriously. But yeah, it's all about that middle ground of being critical and honest, but respectful for me. I totally agree. And I think it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. We can celebrate our sport and like Tamsin was saying, the learnings and the processes while also being honest, Mm. because that's the best way that we're going to move forward and we're going to grow netball to be professional is if we keep having conversations and if we keep highlighting things when things aren't right, because that's how you make progress and that's how you change. And you can't ignore a 30 goal loss. You Mm. can't ignore a 25 goal loss. And that's the sort of thing where we need to be saying, is this positive for the future of our game? 
Or do we need to be having a conversation about why this is happening, why teams are underperforming and what we need to do to move forward? And that's the thing. I don't think you can just direct this towards players and coaches. Like, actually, we need to be looking at the league as a whole. Mm. And if we are having teams who are consistently losing by 15, 20, 20 by 30 goals, should they be in the league at all? And I know that's a really harsh reality, but I think it's a reality that we have to sort of face up to and actually ask that question. Until we ensure that there is greater competitiveness within the league and therefore a better quality of netball, we're going to be in this perpetual cycle of not wanting to upset people's feelings or Mm. be too damaging, but actually the the quality of what's being put out on court isn't to the standard that it should be. Mm. So there's all these different factors that play into it and it is an absolutely fascinating topic of conversation. So yeah, let us know what you guys think as well. Get in touch with us on social media and share your thoughts. Thank you so much for listening to episode 15 of Quarter Time. We can't wait to bring you even more netball chat and another awesome guest next week. Don't forget, we've got our Leeds Rhinos episode special, really special episode coming out in a few days time. So keep an eye on that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media at Quarter Time Pod for the latest netball updates. Do get involved in the conversation online by letting us know what you think of the matches this week and which players have stood out for you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.